I'm way more zoomed in my camera than you are. And I assume yeah. we have the same monitor. So we have the same camera, which means, you know, your monitor has to be way further. Apart. My monitor is literally arm's distance. Same. What the hell? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like as far back as my desk allows. So, you know. Hmm. Yeah, mine is even like closer. It's not at the very end of my desk. So I don't know. Weird flex. <laughs> desk is is like only ever slightly better, bigger i can't actually my desk has like you can open my like it extends and then it just has like a, a rift a gap for like cable management and stuff but it, oh okay that's cool oh speaking yeah. of which maybe it's a spoiler for a future recommendation but i've been <laughs> i've been looking for like a thing that just collects all of your cables on your desk like a little, like a little, uh, like a little, uh, <laughs> like a little hammock that you put yes. you know, under your desk. That that's huh. basically the best description I've seen. Have you used yeah. these before? Uh, so my previous desk back in Portugal, I had a big ass IKEA desk, and it came with that with that little like a mesh a net that would you could put all your cables in. It would be attached under the tabletop. Um, with this desk, it just has like also a built-in. It's not a, really a hammock, but it's like a, a metal little thing that you can put cables in. Uh, so I always had something that would come, you know, it was pre-built into my desk. But I've seen on Amazon like little hammocks that you could just buy if you can find a way somehow to um, attach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might need to drill or you know do something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I assume you don't want to do that. Hey, you know what? Actually, well, actually, I, I I've been doing a lot this... of drilling lately, so. Oh, really? That Ooh. would probably be easier. Like than... what? Like what? For what? Like hooks in the bathroom. I also installed mm. like a shelf. Um, what else? Hashtag homeowner. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, you have no idea yeah. how terrifying this all is. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like, but I guess it's like I'm not like still not properly equipped to do all these things because it's always like every time i need to like you know put something in a wall i'm Mm -hmm. i have to take the gamble of is it just like do i have like a metal like stud in the back is there like i don't know like a wood i don't know how you call this but like you know wood beam basically like underneath the the drywall or is it like right now sam sofas is screaming (laughs) probably and i'm just kind of <laughs> yellowing it <laughs> so i'm mm-hmm. like oh let's let's try to put an anchor it's like oh the anchor broke in half well let's just like <laughs> screw it on top and hope it stays <laughs> and oh i installed a mirror <laughs> the other day and it was so wow. i was like because i think it came with some anchors and it's like this thing is pretty heavy um so yeah i tried putting the anchors and the anchors just wouldn't go in so ultimately we just were like well if anchors won't anchors, go in, I mean, guess like, we don't mean, like, need to put the hooks. No, so anchors are like a little like plastic thing that you like put into your wall and then screw in oh, that. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I had no idea you called those. Anyways, we're just like, anchors. well, it won't fit, so I guess we don't need this. And so we installed it, and I put like it came in a box with like styrofoam, so I had like uh like covering of styrofoam <laughs> on my floor i was like oh just in case it falls and so far knock on wood but it hasn't fell yet but wait but don't knock on wood very hard because then things might fall <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I don't want to make the, the house shake 
but but anyways this is like this is solid hardwood so it should be like quote unquote like the easiest because the reason why i said you probably don't want to drill is like because you don't want to damage the the wood but you know okay here's the deal uh i'm gonna find this uh, youtube video of like this super cool desk setup because there's a lot of those videos but uh, that i found and he had an xdr display in it you know it's really good uh and i remember they had like one of these things that they attached to just you know hold cables so i'm gonna hey editor (laughs) editing this in the future it's me uh, make sure to find that link cool yeah Thank and you. if if listeners are curious the one i'm looking at right now is the human scale one uh i'll have a link in the show notes i've mm. haven't tried it i'm just starting to look at it i know one person i think who has it so i need to ask more opinions about it but mm. yeah i mean it looks interesting at least in like handling the frankly very few cables i have but it's still like no matter what <laughs> it's like even if oh. you have like three cables it still looks like a mess I have a lot of cables. I even have like a like a power brick extension thing uh, uh, on my desk because I don't want to have several cables right. snaking out, you know, out of my desk. Hmm. So I have a single cable coming out of that little tray of cables uh, that plugs to the wall. But yeah, so yeah. I'm looking at this, and I also saw it was in one of those like office setup videos. Yeah, um, there's also like a little sort of like shelf you can. It's like very, very shallow, like not, not super deep. And it's just like a little shelf that you can, again, screw under your desk. Um, mm. And they sometimes like put their laptop in clamshell there, which is like, I don't think I want to run my laptop in clamshell mode all the time. Clamshell mode, if you don't know what it is, it's just basically like close the lid and just have That's it how I run mine. Oh, is it? I, is it bad? My laptop is... <laughs> Is no, it's it's, fine. it's great. Okay, here, pro tip. Like I posted this on Instagram, or I don't know if I did on Twitter. My my desk has like a little, like there's a little gap in between, like the supporting, uh, I don't know what you call them, like supporting blocks of the frame, right, mm-hmm. and and the actual tabletop. So what I do is I plug in the external monitor to my laptop. I close my laptop, uh, and I put it under the desktop okay right right so you you know i can't see it right now it's mm-hmm. under the desk so you know i did that just honestly just to look cleaner and like right and see it but uh there was a couple other things that uh like good things of this which is first you don't hear the fan noises nearly as much because hmm. um, you know it's not on the table like it, you can't hear it um and when it was you know at least a 16 inch macbook pro like the fans are always going crazy really um <laughs> maybe that's why actually <laughs> no because like before i had it on the table so the fans are like blowing air you know downwards uh so this way like the bottom of the laptop is free it's like floating right so i i i'm sure that there's better airflow uh with the laptop who knows interesting anyway, i i always I, assume I that way. like something happened because I'm pretty sure it's blowing air like right in front of the display as like another, you know, exit yeah, but that's of when air. it's open. When it's open. So right. when it's closed, the fans would have to run fast, like louder or faster because you're closing off one of the main exit for, for the air to come out. So there's clearly some little slits on the, on both sides right mm-hmm. so that's yep. that's one and then yeah like the majority of the air seems to come out of the like the hinge 
So I think if you have it open, sure, some air is released, you know, upwards. Um, but I think that's just because the hinge is exposed and some air hmm. gets out of, you know, through there. So Also, like, like another point for me, it's like this 13-inch almost never, like, spins up the fans. Like, the only thing that makes it spin up mm. the fans is when I open Figma, actually. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> I can never hear the fans. Anyways, so I've been, like, thinking of getting one of those. Because um, mm. I, I was curious, like, sometimes even if, like, even if I decide to pull out my laptop when I'm actually using it and open it and put it on the desk, like, there are times... <laughs> They're pretty rare, but, like, there are times where I just, like, want to, like, tidy things, you know? I have people over and stuff, and kind of similar to you. Like, this is an open space. Like, this is not a closed desk. Like, I kind of, like, just want to, like, get rid of as much, like, stuff on my desk as possible. Um, And I don't really have anywhere to just put my laptop, like, (laughs) unless I just, like, go put it in my backpack. So, anyways, I thought Mm -hmm. it would be nice to have that little, like, yeah, that little narrow shelf. And then I thought mm-hmm. I could also maybe have my iPad there too, like just mm-hmm. under the desk. Cause right now I have like, I have my laptop, I have my iPad, I have like so many things like littered around this desk. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently in the market for like a desk kind of enhancements, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, so yeah, in, in future episodes, I'm like, if I get, end up getting something, I'll probably talk about it. Cool. Report back and also do some links in the meantime. Okay, sweet. Cool. I am all for it. I love desk set- setups. Like right now, I cannot see a single cable. Wow. Uh, and I'm really proud of that. Same on with my TV setup thing. You can't see any cable coming out of mm. the console. And I'm really proud of that. I have so much work to do on all of these fronts. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, okay, I'm derailing this whole episode. I feel like we're not going to have time to talk about half of our topics. But. Um, and this is probably not interesting, actually. So maybe I can wait and we can talk about this later. I can cut it out. Go for it. Okay. Uh, we're going to try to be quick. So how do you hide the cables on your LG monitor? Because I find the LG monitor has an extremely unfortunate placement of cables, which is basically like it's a very or fairly thin kind of, uh, mm-hmm. how do you call it, like the stem little holder little stem yeah feet, base <laughs> base uh, yeah it's like very it's like very thin like it's not like an iMac where it's like pretty large and you can kind of hide what's behind right. there and then the cables are like kind of off to the side and so like i just see those two cables going down right there like I, they would have to be sort of like glued or taped to that base yeah. how do you how do you do it okay i'm so glad you 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 asked me this. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to FaceTime you while Ooh. I talk so you can see oh, wow. okay. what I'm saying. This is uh, a multi-sensory uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, answer <laughs> and, our phone, listeners, yeah. and our listeners can only hear it. Uh, okay, I'm going to mute myself. Wow, the quality is so much better on here. Uh, so this is, you can't see cables. Ah, yeah, this right is now. what I want. What I did was, and I don't know if this came with the LG monitor or I took it from something else, but uh, there's like these, oh. these little like clips. Huh. So I have all the cables like clipped together into one big, uh, you know, bigger cable, I guess. Right. And then what I do is I'll just snake them and have them hanging in the, where the, the stem connects with the mm-hmm. the display. And then... I just have like a little bit of duct tape, like those that black electrical tape, and I have it like 
taped to the edge of the the stem. Hmm. So when you see it, you know, straight, uh, you can't see the cables, but wow. they're they're like, you know, they're there. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for watching. I, uh, I need, hit that I need, subscribe I need button. To do all of this. Cool. I mean, it's, it's so warm. I'm sweating already. Uh, <laughs> is this still a heat wave in Amsterdam? This was this was officially the 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 warmest week in the Netherlands since like the 1800s or whatever. Like. <laughs> what is that true? I think oh, maybe it's not that far back, but like it had a the the year had an eight in it. <laughs> so either the 1800s or like 1980s. I don't know. Or like, a long time. It's been a while. It, it's like, like the, the hottest. hottest year since 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let me tell you this if we had to record yesterday i would physically not be able to today is like it's it's wow. finally a bit better so it's like only 25 degrees instead of 32 mm. which was all week long it was miserable anyway so last week i was talking about the hello internet episode where gray and brady discuss mm-hmm. heat waves and i actually like i really listen to those episodes to like add them on the show notes and they're so good. <laughs> so if any of our listeners like haven't checked them out yet, go back to the previous episode. And I should listen back the to show it. notes. Nice. I miss Hello Internet. That was such a good show. Wait, is it done? I mean, not officially, but they just haven't released an episode in like a year. <laughs> oh. So, oh wow. I don't know. Maybe a year is exaggerating, but it's been a while. Interesting. I always enjoyed it, but it never got stuck. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. It's kind of like Reply All is one of those shows that I really enjoy them, but then I just go like long stretches of time without listening to any episode. Okay. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. I'm totally like that too. Because for okay. me, for me, what I like in a show is the sort of chemistry between two hosts, mm-hmm. and so that's something that like I'm makes me motivated to listen to every episode, and just it feels like catching up with my friends and whatever. And I f- find that Reply All is interesting in the way that it's like smart and clever and well produced but i don't feel like there's as much personality from the host there is a little bit like i'm not saying that there is none at Mm -hmm. all but i just find myself gravitating towards more shows that are just kind of a more casual conversation between friends which is hey it's probably no surprise to any of our (laughs) listeners because that's basically (laughs) what layout is um so yeah but like it's those shows that if you miss a couple episodes like two three four you know if you just stop listening for a month or two you might feel like you missed out like maybe even though like it's not it's not like a tv show in where this is a linear storyline or whatever you know every week we talk about different topics you know with the exception of like some occasional follow-up here and there but it feels like you know it's built on top of inside jokes a little bit or like some references that we bring back or i don't know i feel like i missed out yeah. Anywho. Hey, topics. We have stuff to talk about, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> Did anything happen in the last week? Do you have any, any thoughts on this app store drama that's going on right now? And wait, okay, wait. For people who yeah. for some reason missed uh, missed this. Uh yesterday, uh Epic, you know, Epic Games, they've very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how okay, I guess I have to take even one more extra step back. Uh, Apple is right now in the middle of uh, of lawsuits and uh, a lot of drama regarding just uh, like antitrust and uh, abusing power in the monopoly that they have with the App Store. Um, 
because they have very strict rules, you know, uh, the big one is like 30% cut on all revenue. They have companies have to use um, Apple's own like uh, credit card, you know, purchasing uh, payment system. And, you know, it's, it's, I think people are familiar. It's, it's, you know, App Store, they're very strict with the rules. And as App Store becomes huge and like really as iOS becomes ubiquitous as a platform, other companies, you know, are having uh, they don't like this. It's 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 anti you know anti competitive, and so you have big ones like Spotify. They you know every once in a while they come back with another lawsuit or another big public you know uh, thing. Uh, so Epic Games yesterday they did something. They updated their app uh, Fortnite. They updated Fortnite on iOS, and in that update, which I assume they like to switch this server side because I I don't I don't know how this got you know. The, the app store approval thing missed this but they uh they shipped an update that would allow users players to buy you know whatever the currency they have in fortnite to buy stuff using um you know fortnite's uh, i don't know payment system instead of just the app store one which is against the, the app store rules so immediately after like a couple hours after the app store apple removed fortnite from the store because you know and right after that, apparently they, they were <laughs> they were played because um, Fortnite had this whole like you know in the game um, jab at Apple with like you know a riff on the 1984 uh, you know famous ad uh, that Apple had. And back then it was like Apple was the rebel and IBM was the big you know big brother. And here, like Fortnite, they were like the rebels going against the big brother, which was Apple. Um, and they've they filed uh, lawsuits to to go after Apple. So right now, the Fortnite is still not available to download on the App Store. Uh, and you know, this is like the, the worst timing for Apple because again, they're in the midst of, of a bunch of lawsuits, and they're in Congress to talk about this stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I have no idea. You know, we've had big companies being very public about like their. I don't know how opposed they they were uh, against the App Store, but they never really did a move like this, put Apple on the spot like this, um, and you know, because <laughs> no one could ever really afford to just not be on the App Store, right? Um, and I think Fortnite can afford to. <laughs> I don't know. Like I assume also growth. Uh, you know, Fortnite's growth is. I don't know. It's it's a very established, popular game, and I feel like. You know, there's only so many new players you get um, after your game is out for, I don't know, years. Like five years, ten years, I don't know. Not ten, whatever. Anyway, I've been talking for way too long. What do you think about this? Yeah, I don't personally uh, have a ton of... What do you think is going to happen? Well, okay, wait. Those are different questions. So first, (laughs) like, I don't have a lot of opinions about it, but I'm so here for it. Like, (laughs) I think (laughs) the drama is incredible. I think the way that Epic has played each move has just been like amazing to watch like there's sort mm-hmm. of like four moves ahead on the chessboard <laughs> um and it's just yeah it's cool to see like someone with or a company with power actually try to take them on so regardless of what happens i'm so curious to follow this and see how, like where this is gonna go um how is this gonna shake out I really have no idea either. Like, it's sort of unprecedented 
in a yeah, way. Like, totally. I think it'll be curious to see, but I, but I also don't expect to see like a resolution to this anytime soon. Like, you know, right. it's we're talking about lawsuits and stuff like that here. Like, I, you know, Apple has a lot of lawyers. Presumably, I pick two, but. Uh, I think they can both find this out for a very, very long time. I think the the curious thing is going to be when it starts hitting Epic, because um, they mentioned that like the the current season is fine, but then the next season or something like that are, is not going to be playable on iOS. So that's when it's going to like start hitting Epic a little bit more and the users. But then it's like, does it play out for or against Epic? It's like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, right? Maybe it just makes all these users like so mad at Apple and just like makes them. And they're succeeding. Like, in yeah. the media, I, I feel like it's very hard to put Apple in, in a good light. Like, they're, they're totally. The, they're the bad guy. It's like, yeah, no right? matter what you think about Epic, like, nobody's arguing that Apple is right. Well, okay. Some people are arguing that Apple is right, but I think they're wrong. There's always uh, some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I think, like, I've seen some people say, Oh, like, you know, Epic is just trying to make more money. They've already made billions. Aren't they, they greedy, like wanting to make even more money, you know? Uh, and I'm kind of like, yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like if they're going to, if they're going to find a way to introduce more competition and make the, the app store more fair and have better rates for a developer, like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if your, you know, your intentions are, are perfect. Like, of, like of course they want to make more money like 100% like that's that's what it's about but this is what everyone wants and nobody has the power to do do that and somehow they do like it's in a way you know i don't really use this word lightly but it takes a lot of courage to do something like this it seems like because like you know much more than remove a headphone jack for sure um because it's like it's such a massive gamble and it's kind of like what's gonna happen here i don't know (laughs) but it's like let's see let's find out um so it's pretty impressive i i I see i see um oh fuck sorry i triggered siri Uh, (laughs) i sense like a change coming uh like because like big companies, these huge businesses, they will they will just not give Apple thirty percent. They can't. Like you can't expect Amazon to give thirty percent of their revenue from the from their apps to Apple. Like that that is not going to happen. You can't expect Netflix to give thirty percent of the revenue to Apple. So how do they go around this? How do they just not give Apple that money? Uh, they can either negotiate better deals, which Amazon has done with their Kindle uh, app or whatever, in where uh, I think it's like 10%, which is way better deal than 30 Or you do something like Netflix does, which is, well, then we're not going to offer, we're not going to allow users to subscribe and pay anything through the app. So if you want to, you know, if you want to subscribe, if you want to pay, go to our website. And also they can't, they can't put that anywhere in the app, which is... And and so even then, like, that's what we learned with the hey thing. It's like everyone thought, okay, all right, like, the rules are I can I can have, like, payment systems on the web. I just have to not talk about it, not tell anyone about it, and just let mm-hmm. people figure it out. And then hey submits their, their app, and Apple's like, oh, actually, no, the, r- the rules are so much more complicated. <laughs> 
complicated than this. You need to be either a reader app or a business app. And it's like, what? What are you talking yeah. about? Like, what, what even classifies so as a arbitrary. reader app? And what's, what's you being used for business and what isn't? Like, it's so random. There's this, like, crazy, so like, yeah, arbitrary rule. You know, like, if you're a big company, you can make, like, you will just try to come with a deal with apple like you just try to fix it because i think both companies really need each other right like apple mm-hmm. can't afford not to have netflix on, on the app store and netflix can't afford not to be on 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 the app store so like it's on their on, it's on both their best interests to figure this out for medium-sized companies like hey in where like they do have some influence over like you know in the press like they can make they can be loud enough that will make Apple uncomfortable and try to figure something out. And I think that's, but Apple won't budge much, but I think what happened, what happened with, Hey, was, I think new, like something happened, right? Like it was the biggest story over this app store thing that I've probably heard in in years or ever. Um, And then if you're a small company, like, or just an individual, you know, just have Apple apps on your store, you have no leverage with Apple. So Apple doesn't care. There's nothing you can do. You just have to follow the rules or just, don't chip your app um and now i think it's with this epic thing is the first time that i see these big companies uh not be okay with finding you know coming up with a deal with apple they're like nope we're not going to take this and i think that that's the 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 change that i'm i'm starting to to feel and sense it's like i think these companies are becoming they have more leverage on Apple than Apple has with them. Like, App Epic can't afford not to be on the App Store at least for a while. Enough that like Apple will have to change some things. Mm-hmm. I think uh, with with the whole like Trump uh, threatening to to ban apps like WeChat, um, like if WeChat is banned from the store, just there's a lot of people just will get another phone, right? Like the leverage is against Apple on this one. Um, and I feel like that's probably that can probably happen with a lot of other apps like TikTok. You know, I think if you're if you're really into TikTok, you're really into TikTok. And you, like, if you can't have TikTok on an iPhone, fine, you'll get an Android. Even if I would prefer an iPhone, like I think I don't know if Apple can win that that battle. Well, I mean, that <laughs> uh, is if you can use TikTok in the U.S. at all. <laughs> How many people? That's will true. Move? That's true. <laughs> but like, but this should worry Apple uh, enough that you know, I'm not. I don't. I don't believe that they'll allow sideloading apps. Uh, as a user, that's not what I want as well. Uh, they'll just make everything more complicated and complex and more, you know, not secure. <laughs> but um, I also don't think just negotiating better rates. Like, all right, just I'll lower the thirty percent to ten percent or fifteen percent. I don't think that's enough. Because, um, like, what happened with Hay, I think would still happen even if the the rates were lower, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's very interesting to, <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, for me, I don't think Apple, for me, like, like one of the gonna... problems is that like Apple is charging 30% for something that is not worth 30% of your, of mm-hmm. your revenue. Like there's no way in hell, like if there was any kind of competition, like if people were allowed to do their own payment system, there is no way that people would, would willingly choose to use Apple's. Like, mm-hmm. frankly, like, you know, people would use Stripe. There's, like, tons of other alternatives that charge you, like, a fraction of this. 
like of the price. Like, like it's like five percent or whatever. Yeah, I think it's even less. Like, isn't it like two point three? Or yeah, close. Yeah, close to three yeah. percent plus like thirty yeah. cents or something like that per transaction. Like, it is significantly lower, and in many ways, actually a better developer experience. Right, like so. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a question of price. Like, oh, Apple's one is a little bit more expensive, but it's so much nicer. It's like, no, Apple's thing is more of a pain in the butt, is more annoying, it's worse, and it's more expensive. You get no data, no transparency. Transparency. You can't really give refunds. You can't, as a developer, you can't do. Yeah, like there are like, basic functionality, bad. and I think you know there would be a way to do it with like apple's commitment to privacy and stuff like that like i think that's i'm not one of the person in the camp of like oh they should give more data about the consumers like i think all that stuff is like totally fine but i just think that the system is such a like kind of a mess to be honest like it's really not great um so it's not a great system and it's so much more expensive than it needs to be and so like i think when you're in that situation it's like Comp- like the reason why like th- these things don't we don't have a problem with most things in life like this is because there's competition and someone can say boy like that payment system really is terrible and is really expensive for people let me try to create something that's that's right. cheaper creates a market uh, opportunity yeah market. And, and therefore like that pressure like will make some people switch to that other system and then that forces the original company apple in this case to be like well okay like we have this competition we need to do something better and then it's that kind of like back and forth that ends up ensuring that people have good products and services and then like i think where everyone kind of gets like is having a a hard time kind of like applying the antitrust uh, laws to this is apple doesn't have like the Uh, a majority market share in the smartphone industry Mm -hmm. right and so it's like (laughs) all it seems like a lot of the rules are around being like kind of a monopoly um Mm -hmm. in this case it's like they're not but like i would argue that (laughs) there there is essentially like a duopoly of operating systems (laughs) like and so and like at that point, it's it's like I feel like some of these rules maybe should apply to duopolies, like when there is like such a f- small amount of of people like this, because um, it ends up that like Google is just copying the Apple rules <laughs> basically. So there's not that much pressure, and there's also like it's so hard to switch from one ecosystem to another that I would argue that that problem is is just like. It's just important and needs to. there needs to be some kind of pressure on Apple to do better, whether that's user pressure or that's, you know, regulatory pressure. I don't know, but it just doesn't seem right. Um, so how do they fix it? Do they have other, you know, alternative uh, app stores and stuff like that? I'm not really sure about that one. Like, I don't, I don't think that seems plausible like that this is where it would go because um, i don't think apple wants that no and i don't think i don't think users want that either actually um because right. it's like imagine saying like oh like my app is only on the epic app store like make sure you download first download the epic app store and then download my app like it's just it just adds so much 
complexity and adds, adds so much work. I think like maybe something you could do is like be able to direct link someone to like the I don't know some kind of page. So it's it would be like unlisted, but you still can like send people a direct link and then they would download it that way. Like I think that could be acceptable. So that it's like I'm not using the app store as like a promotional tool i'm just using it as like a transfer mechanism <laughs> basically to get my app installed on people's phones um and I, then you're you're willing to do you're up to do whatever you want microsoft actually has i think it was just an interesting uh rule which is basically if you if the way people install your app is through a direct link from you they i either take a smaller cut or no cut at all. And then if they install it through finding it in the store, then they get a bigger mm-hmm. cut, which I think is like, interesting. that's a, that's an interesting way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But like, basically I think Apple has like kind of two choices here, like either or three, I'd say let's, let's say three. So one choice is keep the same price, make it way, way better. Like how much of an improvement the app store was over everything else, like when it was introduced, like try to get back to that ratio. Cause I think if you offer like much more service and make it so much more, so much easier for, for developers, then I, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but then it's like, I, yeah, would be willing to use it. Cause it's a, it's a, I'm happy to pay for a service that brings me a lot of value. Um, conversely, if they want to keep the system more or less as is then make it way cheaper because we basically we want we want like the pricing to reflect the value so you can either increase the value or lower the price uh, as a way to make it fair and then the third one is well we can't trust you basically to understand basically like what people want and therefore you need competition and so what are some ways that you, that we can bring that to iOS? If, in my opinion, I uh, you know knowing only what I know, <laughs> I think what Apple should do, or what I would like Apple to do, let's put it that way, is allow uh, alternative payment methods uh, in in apps, and which will create competition, and which may, will make Apple just make their own payment system way better, um, and do like. Okay, if they if they really want to go that far, they can just do the same thing they do with sign in with Apple, which is they provide that as an alternative sign in method. They're not blocking any app that has sign in with Google or you know with mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, but maybe do like all right if you provide like two or three, uh, you have to also include you know sign in with Apple. Right. So right. I guess this was like all right, you can you can pay with Stripe or with PayPal, but also include pay with App Store. Because I do think yeah. that the user experience is better. You know, there's no putting in, you know, credit card details or whatever. It's literally just face ID, you know, double click the side button to approve. I prefer that as a user. So if I have those options, as a user, I would, you know, take those. To always prefer that. But, uh, like, just create competition. It's good for users. And ultimately good for Apple. Because, you know, if developers are happy... Uh, you know, there'll be more apps in the app store and you won't have this, this drama that is happening now with, with Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, I think they also kind of got themselves into a problem because I, like, I totally agree with you that it's like, in theory, 
their syst- their payment system should be so much more user friendly and so much better that people should like app app developers should opt into using it because even if they're paying 30%, there's that many more people that are willing to use this one over any other payment method. Like the the fact that they don't have to enter their credit card. There's like I can tell you like seriously a a, a conversion <laughs> improvement to be had mm-hmm. there over having to like manually type in your your credit card. Like that's 100% true. Um but I think the problem is they they know like they know that that improvement is not thirty percent difference and but the the biggest problem for Apple that's on them but the biggest problem for Apple here is is actually Apple Pay it's like Apple actually made an alternative way to take payments on iOS and Mac and all of its platforms that is frankly I would say similar or you know exactly the same. Right. <laughs> uh, and cost? How much does it cost? What what percentage does does Apple Pay take from the the people who implement this? Not thirty. Zero. Zero. Really? They take money from the credit card companies, but Apple Pay huh. takes zero. Like, and I think that's where like you kind of get into a problematic angle where it's like, and, and I don't know like exactly how it would work like if a company wants to get apple pay into an app like also as as a way to circumvent um the apple store payment system like that would probably get rejected and apple has ways to sort of like disable like wherever you're you're including that payment system but um but yeah like (laughs) it's like that's that's what where like the rest of the world is in terms of payment systems. Like this is competition equals Apple is making Apple Pay and taking zero from that side of the payment. They they're taking from the credit card fees. Um but then nobody's gonna nobody's gonna cry about the banks <laughs> uh giving Apple mm-hmm. some money, like nobody cares. Um so like to me that that shows kind of like what it looks like with competition and what it looks like without um and i don't think the the experience difference ends up being like that big of a difference there i want to address this thing which is you know like why is apple being such a bully why are they fighting so hard because it was capitalism all along (laughs) Uh, you know it's apple is the richest company in the world or was or i think it still is whatever uh, but no matter how much money you have, if you don't show growth, you're a terrible investment from, you know, in the stock market and for investors for like, you have to show growth. There's not a lot of growth in, in iPhone sales, definitely not on Macs because, you know, it's, it's a saturated market. People, you know, there's only so many people can buy new iPhones. I think they kind of hit that, that peak. Uh, so all the growth is coming from services and the big, slice of the the that growth is uh, from the app store and so i feel like they've been it's not that they've just been holding their 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 place and like being really you know stubborn it's just i feel like they've been even more strict like they're they're pursuing this mm-hmm. like they're they're coming after developers to 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 get those 30 percent that maybe some developers have been in a clever way or not just been going around it uh which it just makes the whole situation even worse uh so like that's why they're they're being so such bullies because they 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 need the that 30 they need that growth and so 
by doing all these things that we're suggesting or would like Apple to do, meaning, you know, as well, lower your rates or allow for alternative payment methods. That was like a huge hit in their revenue from the App Store, uh, which will hurt growth, which will hurt market, uh, you know, stock market, which will grow, hurt mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> so on that uh, note, I have like an interesting thought and I don't know like where to go with it, but <laughs> I want to share it because I think it's like something that I've been thinking a lot about and I just, yeah, I think it's like an interesting, like maybe alternate reality scenario. Um, so when Apple released the app store, they, well, they said a bunch of Steve jobs said a bunch of things like one, it's like, we don't really want to make profit out of this. We just want to break even. Um, we we're going to, we're going to charge you a fee if you make money, but if you don't, we're not going to charge you a fee. And so it's fair. Like if you want to offer, you know, your work for free, you can totally do that and you don't have to pay anything for it. Great. I think that like that kind of system reflects such an outdated world and an outdated reality where Mm -hmm. like the essentially like the primary way that apps make money is by, in the, in that case, back then, I don't think there was even like in-app purchases, but was through selling an app on the App Store. Right. Um, but I actually think if you look at today, the way most people make money on the App Store with apps has nothing to do with with selling anything in the app. Like the the mm-hmm. people that are making the most money, like Facebook, Instagram, like these kinds of things, like they don't have any transaction. What they do is they sell ads. But like they're actually some of the biggest businesses that are running and operating on top of the App Store. And how much money like they're so they're making a huge amount of money and how much money are they paying Apple? They're paying zero. While on the other hand, you have like small developers that, you know, aren't going to have that many users. <laughs> And then they like they better get their give their thirty percent right, but nobody's like knocking knocking at apple and uh, at apple at at Facebook's door and be like, "Hey, you better give us our money like what Facebook's like what kind of money like we're free right like we're we're operating a charity here, like yeah, no, like that's not really what's happening um but they're even going after those with i s fourteen like Facebook is in trouble because i feel like well they're they're uh, clamping down on some of the privacy stuff fine but like i mean from what i know there doesn't seem to be like a fee being paid by facebook to be allowed to operate on the app store and like if anything they're the biggest like companies who benefit from having their apps so anyways what i'm (laughs) what i'm going with this is like i feel like the system of taking money based on like transactions only is likely not the best way like that's that covers like a tiny fraction of how money gets made on the app store and misses out on a huge other portion like you know even like name like google included um and so i don't know i guess I'm, i'm i'm curious to see like what if there was a world where they found a better way to say, hey, you know, Facebook, you're actually making a shitload of money from your usage of the App Store. How do we find some sort of revenue agreement 
where Facebook pays likely less than 30%, but still pays more than zero, (laughs) which actually ends up funding, you know, the lowering of the of the pay cut for everyone else so basically like try to balance things out a little bit more and and take like basically fund that by this whole area of the app store that is not monetized at all um and then kind of like even it out just an idea but i don't know how they would do it like i think that's the problem is that it's actually really hard to yeah evaluate how you determine as apple how do you determine how much money facebook is making from this user or from the app store in general it's i don't think apple can even yeah i mean it's hard to tell and and also like there, i've seen some some people throughout the idea of like what if like you wouldn't be charged a fee on your first like i don't know like two hundred thousand users or something like that that'd right. be like different rates for different levels I which is think, literally like, how taxes work yeah like, you know <laughs> like there's so many there's so many ways that they could kind of figure that out um and just like at this point we're like we'll take anything we can get really (laughs) there's just we all know that the current system is not good and so any move in and almost any direction will be a positive improvement so yeah it it feels like everyone is basing their expectations on the PC industry, which is, you know, the closest thing we have to app stores. Like, well, how did software, uh, how did people make money with software before? Uh, and it's a very different use case. Like before, you know, we had Microsoft and Apple uh, and Microsoft, the, the, clearly the, the market, you know, dominant. Um, Microsoft and Apple didn't charge money for companies to, to have, you know, to distribute apps in their platforms because they, they were providing the platform. So Apple made money just because they sold Macs and that's where the money came from. Uh, and Microsoft made money either selling Windows to end users or charging, you know, OEMs to to use Windows as their OS. Um, and that's how they made money. And so once you have that, once you're past that, then however you want to sell your software uh, to end users, it was up to you. And there were no app stores, there was nothing. Um, and then with the App Store, you know, I think it started because it was very different and Apple set the standard. Apple set the 30%, you know, cut uh, and every company followed, kind of, and it was a new thing. Uh, but it was always like, but it's mobile. It's, you know, apps on phones. It's a different thing. But now mobile is the default, like the de facto computer platform. And Apple is providing the platform, but also, you know, making money from every from the ecosystem which is not how it used to happen you know how it happens in in computers in you know uh, mac os so i think it's like apple is saying well this is it this is how we you know we're providing value providing a platform and all um and they really didn't with macs you know they didn't provide an app store kind of they just provided a platform and that's i think where all the the lines are blurry like this apple is both the platform provider but also the store, you know, the mm-hmm. gatekeeper. Uh, and there's definitely, you know, that's where the antitrust thing comes from, right? Like, and especially because Apple started competing with all these other companies. So Apple is not just providing iOS. 
even providing App Store. Apple is also competing with Amazon and Google and competing with, oh, Spotify, you want to make money? There's also Apple Music built into the OS, and we now are throwing banners and you know ads to every user. Oh, Netflix, do you want to use our platform? We're also competing with you at Apple TV Plus and all. So it's just there's a lot of conflict of interests. And when you hold both the platform and the store and everything, like it's just you have too much power. Yeah. And... And, yeah. and you can say, well, we're not the primary platform. Like, you know, there's more people with Android phones, but it's like, but like that, that is almost like a, a lie, like basically where like, if you're not on iOS, you don't like, you don't exist. Right. Like it, it right. almost doesn't matter that there's other alternatives. Like you have to be on this platform. And so it, they just, they just have to play ball. And that's what has happened for like the last you know many years until this one company is like well how about no how about we don't do that um so i'll be so curious to see what happens all right wow that turned out to be a long topic <laughs> uh we don't have a lot of time what else can we what else are we going to talk so about? anyways any update on your app <laughs> yeah there's you know okay my app is out uh i guess this is technically follow-up i ship flip uh it's out <laughs> it was fun uh fun launch uh not that successful <laughs> i don't think it was you know i don't i don't know what kind of expectations i had because uh like i mentioned here before my launch of hand mirror was very not prepared uh, <laughs> it was just like whatever it's out here i guess i made a website oh it's you can't it was rejected from the app store oh well i guess i'll distribute it you know via the website which is something i couldn't do now with whip because <laughs> app stores <laughs> Um, so I did put it, I put in a lot more effort relatively to Enmir. So maybe my expectations were like, you know, Hey, I put in more work. I should be rewarded for all that extra work. No, <laughs> no. Um, I'm, I'm still happy with the launch. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, like with Enmir, I didn't post anything on product hunt, hmm. but it ended up someone else did and it got really nice exposure you know through product hunt this time i did post flip on product hunt didn't get much you know uh, attention (laughs) so it feels like ah so i guess i shouldn't care because um (laughs) like i didn't get a verge article this time (laughs) um i did get i did get some coverage uh, from um and i want to give them uh shout out from uh matthew casalini and um you know uh mika Sargent. nice they have a uh, I think it's called uh, damn it, Twit. You know they have a couple podcasts and shows. Mm-hmm. And they did they did feature feature um, there, which was fun to watch. It's always fun to nice. see other people using your stuff. Yeah, and I was friend like, of the show, Micah. Yeah, I I, I was scared shitless that the app <laughs> would crash or just be slow when they were. Uh, <laughs> luckily, it, it was fine. Um, but you know, okay, I can share numbers if you if you want. I'm curious. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear. Them. It's. Hmm, it's like okay, so this is this was my first Apple Watch only app, mm-hmm. which you know. So I guess I didn't have anything else to compare it to. Um, well, actually, I mean, what about um, Break the Safe? So Break the Safe is both on the watch and iOS, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't work on iOS. But like, but right. you install it on your phone, um, which can get featured on the App Store in a different way, mm. uh, and you can install it even if you don't have a watch. So actually, that's a number that I can't break down. I don't know how many people installed Break to Safe and they didn't have a watch. Okay, right. Um, Interesting. So that you know, but okay, let's see. Uh, analytics. 
uh, I got around, it's around a thousand dumb. Okay, that's good. For like four days. I mean, that's okay. That's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not crying or extremely <laughs> sad. But it's, uh, you know, maybe I was expecting a bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Not necessarily under the, like, the downloads match my expectations when I've seen, you know, the reaction and, you know, how many people saw the tweet and retweeted and like. So I think there's a fair correlation there. But I was I was expecting a bit more coverage or a bit more, um, you know, fanfare around the, the thing. But it's fine. I'm I'm happy. Uh, you know, I'm just really happy that I shipped it in itself. <laughs> like that's that was the biggest thing. Um, I love the video you made to introduce it. it was <laughs> the best. <laughs> the video was actually one of the things that I was most uh, disappointed in myself because I think it was really bad. Really? Uh, but I'm yeah. I don't. I don't know. It was literally so. It was extremely hot. <laughs> it was a Sunday night. I was planning on shipping this. Uh, Monday, um, so Sunday I was like finishing up the website. I just worked, you know, started it the day before, uh, and I was like, okay, I need a video here, so let me record a video. It was like, hey, Deborah, can you can you, can you help me here? Just shooting this, like, all right, frame it here. I'm gonna do this one thing. It was like so hot inside, but I had to put on that that coat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, can I just? How fast can I shoot this? Because <laughs> I don't want to be here with a mask and a coat inside. Um, so I had like two takes, shot the video in like 20 minutes, edited the video in like an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, so the whole thing was just like as fast as I could. And I, I think it shows, um, but you know, whatever. And then by, so I, I couldn't help myself and I did tweet the video before mm. the app was available, <laughs> right. more of a, like teaser okay. coming soon. And then some people retweeted that you included and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's nice. But also crap like i'm getting attention and i'm not capitalizing on that attention because people can't do Mm -hmm. anything with about it so i was like you know what i'll just i'm gonna launch it i'm gonna i'm gonna do it Uh. so that that sunday night i flipped all the switches um and so it was available even though i only officially you know tweeted about it the next day Mm. but you know it was the it was a way more prepared and planned uh launch than hand mirror was (laughs) um but you know, it was it was fun. It was fun. It's out there. It's okay. Uh, nice. There's already some bug reports and some stuff I have to fix. And it's probably the app in where I shipped, and I have a very detailed in plan roadmap. Like I know exactly what I want to do next. Um, like with Hand Mirror, it was more of a like let's see what people use it for and like people mm-hmm. ask for. Um, and there's still a bunch of things that I, I want to build with Hand Mirror. But like Flip, I have clear. A clear roadmap no dates attached to that roadmap but like i know what <laughs> i want to do next <laughs> yeah so, that's good that's yeah. what i was gonna ask like if you had plans to keep working on it or if it was kind of like i worked on it i released it now i'm done moving on to something else just like with these launches and we talked about it here at length like manage your energy and your motivation so if you are too ambitious with these side projects or whatever like you're going to get through the not exciting part, you know, uh, like if it's a very complex app and I'm not a very capable developer. So like I will struggle in that part was not going to be fun. So similar to that, like I, it's once you ship it, like whatever you're going to build next, whatever next ideas I have, I know they're not as exciting as like building the whole app in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know, shipping a really exciting feature it's not as exciting as shipping a really exciting app. 
Um, so I'm very aware of this. So I have to manage my energy motivation levels um, like really carefully. So I'm going to... I want to do this, but I also know that I'm not extremely <laughs> motivated to do it. So, like, right. I'll find time. I'll I'll be easy on myself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not promising dates or whatever. Uh, I already said here that one of the things I want to build is, like, the, the ability to record your own sounds. Mm. Um, that's probably, like, a very, like, probably the next big feature I'm going to work on. Uh, but, you know, once I once I find the energy, once I'm motivated again, I'll, I'll do it. But, uh, you know, if I ended up not never building it, I'm also okay with it. You know, I, I'm trying to be better at managing guilt. And stuff <laughs> yeah, that I still have with break to safe. Break to safe is still uh, fucking broken. Um, but, but I think this is probably a much easier app to like maintain over time than break to safe because mm-hmm. like it doesn't seem like it, you know you could stop here and the app would be fine. Like I think it would accomplish most of the things that it wanted to accomplish. And so like I. Yeah, like it feels like it's less of a of a thing that needs constant attention. Um, but if you want to have fun, like you know, one afternoon here and there, and like make some some tweaks, make some additions, I think it's an app that also supports that. So, yeah, right, it's good. Well, mind you, Break to Safe was in that state. Like, I only shipped one update to Break to Safe to fix uh, a bug that I ship, you know, with one point So it's currently like one point. 0.1 <laughs> and it was fine it was in that stadium where like you know i mean it works maybe there's a bug here or there but nothing you know that that you know, nothing major that i urgently have to fix and it was in that state for a couple of years and i think uh it was like watch os 4 5 probably 4 there was one big os uh, update that uh introduced a bug like a crippling bug in break the safe and it was like fuck like <laughs> <laughs> it was fine and now it's broken for everyone. Right. Um, and then I think whenever the new watches, the new aspect ratio, the new watch sizes, also like, it, yeah, it looks broken. Uh, but it's getting enough attention that I don't want to just remove it from the store. And I know this is this is like playing just with my ego or whatever. Because um, like I think it probably has like a one-star rating by now. Nah. But also like, oof, but it's getting users. So eventually when, you know, in this alternate not alternate reality, but when I do ship an update to break to safe, it's going to be an update to the existing app, which means that I already have a lot of install base and like a lot of user base mm-hmm. that I it would be fun to capitalize on. Can you um, tell? Can you tell if people y- are using the app or if they just have it have it installed? Let's see. Because I'm so curious about like you know repeat usage of Apple Watch apps and especially games. I know. <laughs> I know people are using it because, and I think I've mentioned this in this show before. Like I, oh, do you get emails? <laughs> I'm getting messages. Like I've built in a f- feature that if you force touched on the menu, there's a little button that says send feedback, hmm. and that will send me an iMessage. I regret that. Wow. What, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? So, <laughs> still, I think on average once a day, uh, maybe every other day now, once a day I get an iMessage. Saying like this is broken or like no way, know. and sometimes it's like in different languages, <laughs> just comes from like a random uh, Apple ID. Like this is broken, shit. Please fix. Um, I can send you thousands of screenshots. That's of these. amazing. Yes, please do. It's so funny. Uh, uh, we should <laughs> include them in the show notes. <laughs> oh, okay. Here I have numbers. Uh, daily hilarious. average sessions per active device. So okay, this is break to safe, an app that was last updated like four years ago. <laughs> 
I still have for the last seven days. So this is for a mm-hmm. week. 52,000 impressions in the App Store. 1,500 app units. Is that downloads? More than 1,000 people downloaded in a week. Yeah, that's downloads. I have, so the conversion rate is th- around 4%. And so sessions per active device daily average 1.4 sessions a day. Is that true? I don't know how that works. Um, so that, those are those are the numbers. One point four. I don't even know how to like understand this number. Yeah, how do, I also don't understand. One point four daily average sessions per active device. Opt in only. We only show sessions per active device from users who have agreed to share their diagnosis. And blah, blah, blah. in the last day, fifty fifty three percent of all users in Celebrate to Safe agreed to share their data. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what this means. I think it means on average four sessions a day. But I don't know how that's good. If if fifteen hundred people if fifteen hundred people download it, why only three percent open it? That doesn't sound right. Oh whatever. I don't know how to read these (laughs) these graphs. But all this to say that like it has way more traction than it should be. Uh (laughs) enough to make me feel very guilty. But you know, to keep it in this state. Uh, with that said, you know, I am working very slowly, but I am working on an update for it. Um, I only need an app purchase by now to actually work <laughs> and the iOS wrapper. And I speaking think we'll of on. the topic of the show, <laughs> um, cool. Nice. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. But I think the app is, yeah. is super awesome and is just like, I think a great example of the perfect scope and just rafa doing his best rafa you know (laughs) there's all of your funny personality and easter eggs and funny videos and all of it so it's i think it's great thank you all right thwip.app on the website um or search on the app store i know thwip is hard to pronounce to to spell (laughs) uh you know it's a t-h-w-i-p and uh, if you don't have an apple watch and you still want to like see what it looks like or how it works i ended up building most of the app in the browser so you can go to thwip.app slash simulator or directly on the landing page and you can just play with it it works as the app but on your browser and if you really want you can also add that website to your home screen i provided like a little icon for it so it's effectively the app on your phone but it's a web view that's so cool the attention to detail on this is incredible good job well it's really nice that you say that because I still feel like, ugh, it's not as polished. Because then I see people like Stammy, you know, Paul, um, building this Stonks app. And I'm <laughs> like, holy crap, it's so good. It's like so much better than anything I feel like I could ever do. Um, so you saying that, like, it's it's it feels, you know, it's good. Thank you. I really appreciate that. But also for everyone else, like, yeah, I don't feel that way. I still feel not imposter syndrome, but like, yeah, this is shit. So... You know, no, whatever. You need to be nicer to yourself and people. Tell, tell Rafa his app is great. <laughs> you know what? I also need to wrap this up because I have other meetings. Uh, <laughs> do you want to do recommendations? Yeah. Um, why don't you start actually? Okay. <laughs> Giving me more time to come up with like a on the spot recommendation. Uh-huh. This is like people don't do people know this? This is my constant problem with this show is like i don't think there is a new good thing (laughs) 
every week that warrants a recommendation. <laughs> and so some weeks, which which ends up being like most week these days, I'm just like like scrambling to try to find something. Like, what is a new thing that isn't super obvious that like I haven't seen literally everyone in the world talk about? Like Hamilton, uh, <laughs> that I can recommend that is like unique. Um, so I don't know. I think I've got something, but it's like a it's like a low key recommendation. So, anyways, start with yours. Okay. I think it'll be more interesting. There's this thing called test flight. It's uh, how developers share um, in progress, you know, in development apps usually like to to beta test apps. So test flight. It's a service acquired by Apple. Whatever. It's a place where you can install apps, not from the App Store. Still in development. Um, sometimes you get really cool apps uh, from there uh, because they haven't gone through the very rigorous uh, app store uh, approval process. But uh, you know, it's it's meant to use for like a beta thing in development for developers. This person called Jordan Singer have built it. Uh, by the way, he's been. If you, it's a great follow on Twitter. He's been building incredible like little apps. And if you're into Swift UI, he's a great follow also for that. He built this app called airport which is effectively like a, a like a, maybe another app store like a, an aggregator for apps that are on test flight that you can download uh, so it's like this alternate app store which again very much in theme with today's episode um and so if you if you install it and it's only still on test flight i'm i'm, I'm wondering if apple will approve this um but if you if you install it um you have like this this Really nice, simple app store with a bunch of uh, apps that are still in development. Uh, so uh, you can find really cool new apps. Uh, and you can also, like, there's this feeling of, like, this indie developer mood and in, 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 in feel. Because uh, it is what it is. Like, it's just indie developers sharing this stuff, sharing apps. Um, so if you want to find cool new apps that are still in development, and hopefully you will provide feedback you know back to the developers uh this is this is pretty cool now thwip is there as well uh it's an airport uh and it's currently the only place where you can download thwip with the 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 original um icon app icon that uh, the app store <laughs> <didn't approve. laughs> uh so you know so a couple let me just give a couple of uh, of uh, honorable mentions uh, you can find apps in airport like Aviary, which is a um, Twitter client being built by Shehab. Yeah, there you go, Shehab. Um, and again, great Twitter follower, uh, Twitter follow. So you, you can download Aviary uh, from the thing, and uh, you, you can play with it. It's a really nice uh, new Twitter client, and he's already been implementing the, uh, using the new Twitter API. Um, so you can have like polls and pinned tweets and stuff already, and he's been like pushing updates daily. Like three, four updates daily. The guy's a machine. Yeah. Um, let me see another app. Uh, well, GitHub is there. The GitHub for <laughs> for iOS is there. Oh, this is a big one. Clear two. You remember Clear? Yeah, I downloaded that actually yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So Clear, I know I was in the beta before Weird Flex, but like for a <laughs> while, and because they've been you know developing Clear for you know Clear two for a long time. Um, shout out to Ryan because he was the one who. <laughs> put in a good word for me uh and and it got to a point where they were pretty upfront and they said that like they're gonna pause development of clear until they can find a way to monetize this because you know you know being an indie developer <laughs> it's not an easy business and they had the 
they're doing other stuff. So effectively, Clear has been in this limbo. Like, if you have access to the test flight, you can install it. Like, even if the build would expire, they would just update a new build, um, push a new build so people could use it. But so it's really nice to see Clear now here in this app store. So I feel like it's it's like injecting new life into into this app. And again, if you haven't, if you never heard of Clear or never used Clear back in the day, it's an incredible, super original uh, UI like masterclass <laughs> as a, for a to do app. It's really really cool. Um, and like this was one of the most impactful apps in my like young career as a young designer. Like this blew my mind. Uh, so yeah, those are some honorable mentions. There's a lot more. Um, I'm gonna put links in the show notes. Even the like how you can get in the the the, the beta is really cool. Um, if you oh actually you go to airport.community, you can get like a little like there 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 there. Uh, it looks like a, a boarding pass. Yeah, that's really um, cool. So that's how you get in. It's really cool, really cool. So anyway, airport. That's my recommendation. Nice. Love it. Yeah, I'm on it too. I think it's cool. I think it's probably a miracle that this made it through the test flight testing somehow. But uh, I will enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's really awesome. Um, Okay, so my recommendation this week is a show that I've just, I haven't even finished, but we just stumbled on Netflix. I actually don't think this is a show you need to like necessarily finish, um, because it's more like reality TV, but it's called Love on the Spectrum. And I don't know if you've like, you've seen it. Yeah, we're just like browsing on Netflix and we just like stumble on it and started watching and actually have been like pretty enjoying it. So basically, this is an Australian TV show that follows um, seven sort of like young adults uh, and they're all on the autism spectrum Uh, and then they basically like show us their kind of like dating experiences Uh, and then they give them like tips and advice and stuff like that and I thought it was like really interesting like how it like shows like people on the show that maybe like you know maybe you don't know anyone on the autism spectrum and I think uh, at least my perspective would like it it made them like very human. Like it didn't kind of like try to, you know, put them in some sort of box or like in, in a corner or anything. And like you mm-hmm. learn very quickly to like, like and empathize with these, these people. And like, they all have like great personalities and it's like, I just found it like really interesting to watch. Um, and also like there's, a lot in the show where they talk about kind of like how how to date basically like a one-on-one like how do you make relationships with people and Hmm. a part of this like like (laughs) you tell me like if you watch it like you tell me like you've ever felt this way too but I could like weirdly empathize with a lot of the things the challenges that they were having like (laughs) I felt like when I was younger um just like kind of basic things that i think most humans learn pretty quickly of like how do you have a conversation and like how do you keep the dialogue going back and forth actually like were challenges for me too Mm. of just like yeah like how do you make conversation and i think a lot of it is informed by maybe people around you and people in your life and i think many people in life probably developed these skills earlier than i have um but i was like wow like 
I would actually have loved like this, like not even like in the context of like a romantic relationship, but like like when I was like re- like much much younger, like you know, primary school, I guess, like just like hey, like just here's like a super rational, like a logical explanation for how you know like human relationships are formed. <laughs> um, so, anyways, this is part of me that I just like found that really interesting. It goes to show that the power of representation on media like that yeah it just yeah i think it's just, you know normalizing and, and just showing what it's like you're not painting and you know under this weird light that like so weird so different so whatever um yeah exactly cool. and you definitely I, feel you know like when you're watching this you're gonna be like oh like you want them to like you know sometimes like do more than what they're capable of doing at that time but mm. but you you're like you root for them yeah like you but you actually see that like it's a much more complex issue than just like a one-sided thing like you can see the multiple sides of it and how it like is their greatest strengths but also like holds them back in certain things so anyways i thought this was an interesting show obviously Look, this is reality te- television also, so I don't want to say, you know, this is, like, the the greatest thing you'll ever watch uh, this year. Like, probably not. But um, if you ever are just, like, looking for something that's easy to watch kind of in the background, I think this is an interesting one. Cool. Thanks. Good recommendation. All right. Uh, that's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, before we go, I want to give a very special shout-out to uh, listener Dan, who has sent us one of the best emails we ever got. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, one of the weird kind of side effects of doing a podcast every week for many, many years, I guess, is uh, people sometimes send us nice things. And I think it's it's so cool when we see listeners take time out of the, their day. Like, I'm always kind of surprised in a weird way that I was like oh like mm-hmm. I was like why like how do how you know I feel so privileged that you know people take the time and like just want to send us nice things um so yeah in this case we had this message I'm not gonna go through all of it in detail but um Dan wrote us that um he had a s- stroke and had to relearn everything um from scratch and he was saying like even you know, even kind of like simple things like, you know, he was talking about uh, empathy and like, you know, how to be a designer, you know, all over again. And uh, he was saying that the show, he listened back to the episodes and the show helped him a little bit uh, get through that. I think we probably had a very, very tiny, tiny part in this uh, this re- recovery process. But um, I'm just like really impressed by dan's like you know resilience and ability to to get through what must have been such a difficult like period in his life and uh yeah like i really wish him the best and thank you so much for for being a listener dan um you're super awesome he's working on some cool stuff to help other folks uh, that are in the same, same situation uh, as he was. Um, so I told him, you know, as soon as you, you have something, we'll definitely talk about it in the show and, and, and mention it. So um, stay tuned for that. Uh, don't want to put any pressure on you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh but yeah like i i wanted to say thank you and like we'll have a link to uh, to his twitter on uh, on the show notes so you can go and follow him thank you dan i'm not gonna lie a lot of times more than i would like to admit like i think like why why do i even do a podcast or whatever like so much work all the week like every week and i don't know I'm, sure some people listen to it but like you know um like it's just more there's already so many podcasts <laughs> yeah it's not that that's not true that feeling might be true and based on you know like it's not a lie uh but it's every once in a while when we get messages like this or you know even like uh tweets uh from from uh from uh last week listener raven you you know because we give him a shout out and he then tweeted about it uh that that just made my day it was like oh yeah some people you know care and and if if only one person a month just says like you know what this was cool i enjoyed it it was important to me that makes everything worth it and that's why i think i guess that's why we're still doing this crap <laughs> like four <laughs> or five years in or how long it has been and that's why this is so much more or much less than just design really like um th those are the moments in the yeah things that 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 stay it matter. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because podcasting is kind of this, I, I don't want to say lonely because we're doing it together, but um, we're kind of doing this in a bubble in a way. Like it, yeah. oftentimes, like I actually had like the, the opposite reaction of like when, when someone tells me like, oh yeah, like on the show you were talking about this. I'm like, oh shit, people listen to this thing. <laughs> like I actually like forget that there's an audience most of the time. Um, so it's fun to see like, oh yeah, like there are actual humans listening to our, our bullshit. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's uh, to me, I think it, it makes the show richer because it's not just you and I, but it's also like just having a conversation with a community of people. And I think both of us have been lucky to get to meet a lot of our listeners and like became friends with like so many of them. And it just, it's just like this great feeling. And I think I've always been all about like community in design and that's something that I've always been interested in. And so having the podcast be sort of like an introduction card, I guess, to like so many other people and discovering other cool people, I think is just like a really great privilege for me. Totally. And it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's when people tweet about it, people send us emails, people, something that it reminds us that, you know, people do listen. There are other <laughs> humans yeah. involved in this whole process because like right now, it's just me and you, uh, and we're going to stop this recording, you know, and in a day or two, I'm going to edit this. And again, very lonely, just me, I'm editing <laughs> this and then you're posting this thing. And then sometimes we retweet or whatever. And then, but it's still just us that yeah. it's very like you said and you know we have it. metrics we have dashboards and stuff but like but those are just looking numbers. at a number like it, doesn't you know right. yeah so so it's only when people reach out that like it breaks that wall it's like oh okay <laughs> people do listen just say say hi yep all right follow us on twitter at layoutfm and uh, follow me at rafahari follow kevin at vernal kick links in the show notes so you know you can also just click there yep and, and if you uh, don't follow us already, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what? That's weird. How are you I'm even making it all the way following. through this <laughs> this long <Yeah>. episode? <laughs> uh, this show is part of the Spec FM network or Spec network. I always forget. I should know these things. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> is the name um, of our show Layout or Layout FM? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, pff, who knows? Uh, <laughs> just go to spec.fm 
to find out more and uh, look at all the other shows that that that, that they have. Um, and uh, yeah, do that. Follow us on Twitter if you are super nice. Like honestly, if you if you're still listening, wow, uh, it means that you really like us. I think um, one thing that really helps us is if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or. I don't know if Spotify allows for reviews, but whatever, whatever, or just tweet about it. I don't know. That's like the <laughs> pinnacle of like how much you can like us and support us. That's it. And if you do that, um, we love you even a bit more. Uh, thank you. I have to go to my next meeting. Have a good weekend, Kevin. Uh, love you. Bye. <laughs> bye.